Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of the Bleed Los Podcast. This week's podcast is presented by our partners at Ben Online. Football is back, and Ben Online remains your number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, players' news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering info, Ben Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. If you head on over to betonline.ag to join, you will receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. So make sure you use our promo code, which is BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, stopping by for a few minutes to uh, to chop it up with us about what, what's kind of transpired over the last couple weeks uh, with the fallout of the NLDS. Uh, and then now looking ahead to uh, some turnover is uh, a former Los Angeles Dodgers great and current uh, Sportsnet LA contributor, uh, Eric Karros. Eric Karros stops by. So without further ado, here is EK. And stopping by the Canasada for a few moments, a friend of the Canasada who also has some free time like we do now, Eric Karros. Eric Karros, how you doing, man? Guys, good to be on. Uh, EK, so we, we wanted to bring you on to – to talk about what what this off season for holds, I think it's going to be one of the more important off seasons that uh, that the Dodgers have had in quite some time because they got to make a lot of decisions with guys. Uh, for starters, before we dive into the to that, uh, as far as the NLDS goes, th- there's been kind of a lot of uh, chatter, I guess, for lack of a better term. And and you're fortunate enough to not have to be on the internet that often, so you don't see all the despair. But um, but I wanted to ask you, like, from your point of view. Uh, obviously this, this is a failure, you know, as, as from the, the standard goes from top down, but is there really, I guess, a, a finger to point as far as accountability goes, or is that, is that just as the organization as a whole? No, I, I don't think there's, I don't think you could point at one thing, right? It was a collective effort on specifically, if you talk about the series, you'd say, well, the, the Dodgers didn't hit, they didn't score like they did during the regular season, but you know, there were some times fielding wasn't great. There were some pitching miscues as well. Uh, you know, overall, though, they just didn't hit. I, I, I'd say more than anything, the Padres caught the Dodgers at exactly the right time. And, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I, You go back earlier in the year, there was a three-game series where the Dodgers played the Pirates in Dodger Stadium, right? Pirates swept them. Pirates were the worst team in all of baseball right there with them and it just goes to show you that you can look at nobody wants to hear it but the reality is that for baseball you know four five three four five games i mean you can run into a team when they're ridiculously hot everything going their way and and you're not and things don't go your way i wanted to ask you since because you played and you played on Mm -hmm. some really good teams as well Mm -hmm. how much do you think the buy may or may not have affected them. I'm just curious since, you know, baseball is all about momentum. So I, I would, you could argue that if it's six or seven days and, and I get the look at the all-star break that kind of throws you for a loop. If you're not playing in the all-star game um, and there's a timing factor, but I'll say this, the Dodgers came out and they won the first game, right? They swung the bats well, right at the beginning. And I'd say 
it was more of a of the Padres pitching was great. And outside of Clevenger, they ran some guys out there. You know, look at Darvish threw well, and Snell, Musgrove, and the bullpen's been unhittable. And that's what I'm saying. It, it, it was the wrong time. It doesn't mean, look, if you, if you ask anybody right now who the, the, the best teams in the National League are, and this is a live or die sort of thing, They'd probably tell you, they'd say that, you know, the Mets are a team, the Braves are a team, the Dodgers are a team before they got to the Padres or Phillies. And they'd probably even throw the Cardinals in there. And so that's, you know, but right now the, the Padres and, and Phillies are playing to go to the World Series. Juanito? I, Eric, I, you know, I knew that Dave Roberts was going to catch heat because they all, you always got to find somebody that you can point the finger at. So I knew Roberts was going to get it. I was surprised at how much uh, Andrew Friedman, how much heat he's taking on. I feel like this is the first time that people are starting to point the finger at Andrew Friedman. And my thing is this is like, I mean, I, he's in his words, there were some people in that, in that press conference that he held the other day that said he was very defensive when they asked him the question about who's making the pitching decisions. Now, Nine, I mean, for 10 straight years, the Dodgers have been in the postseason. So, I mean, can you really point the finger at Friedman? And, I mean, he went out there and basically put an all-star team together. Does he have any blame to share in this? So, I, I think even he acknowledged collectively there was, you know, everybody in the organization, there's some things that everybody could do better, right? Doesn't mean that that translates into a World Series. You've got to be lucky to win a world series. You have to have an element of luck. You have to have some things go your way. You have to have some good fortune. There's a reason why, you know, when you're talking about world series, that no national league team has repeated since the 75, 76 big red machine. So what's that? We're, we're almost on 50 years. So it's difficult to do. And it's not to say that there were, look, look at Andrew is the architect of this, this organization. And I think people have become spoiled in that this really has been a renaissance and, and, and arguably the greatest era of, of Dodger baseball. When you're talking about 10 years with the, the type of, you know, dominance. And again, I get it. If, if the, the World Series, you've got to win a World Series for people to say that, hey, this this is the end all here. But the reality is the Dodgers have been to the postseason and. Look at Billy Bean said it best back in you know the, the early 2000s that you can have an impact on the regular season, the postseason though. That is a it, it's a real roll of the dice, and you know for whatever reason, and it's been different every year um, when the Dodgers haven't won. Whether it's running into the Astros, whether it's guys getting cold, whether it's it, it just it didn't happen. So, uh, you know, the fans have been heated. I don't remember yeah. the fans being this angry. And I know you look at it in a different perspective. You're, you're a ball player. You, you look at it in a different way. I, I contend that it's going to take a while for the fans to get over this one. Because I'm starting to think this is what Brooklyn Dodger fan felt like. Right. This yeah. is what Atlanta Braves fan felt like, right? Every year they're in it. And, and it just doesn't happen to them. It's the chalk yep. it up to the randomness mm -hmm. uh, of baseball. 
But you brought something up, and I wish the Princesa of Picolandia was here because she throws the fact that the Dodger fans are spoiled. But, Eric, can we really say that the Dodger fans are spoiled when 9 out of 10 years they're, they face disappointment? Well, I, I don't know that I would say that they're spoiled, but I would just say that there is an expectation of competing for a World Series title every year. And the reality is, going into the season, that's not just a, a hope or a pipe dream. The reality is the Dodgers are going to assemble one of the best ball clubs and they're going to play well and it's going to end up in a postseason appearance and for a lot of times the Dodgers may or may not be they, they may be favored they may not be favored so when I, I don't I don't spoiled isn't the word but the expectation is okay I'm gonna be buying for my October seats at the the end of the month and so that because it is just a given, it's difficult to win a division. It's difficult for things to go right. It's difficult, as we found, to, to win a World Series. And, and like I said, you go back to the mid-70s. If it were, like I said, a lot of things have to go right. Nobody has repeated. And, and there are times, too, where, you know, would you want to be like the Red Sox, where, you know, you, you win and you, you win a World Series and then you're last for a few years. And then you win. And, and maybe, maybe that's more enjoyable. Um, and, and as a fan, look at I, I, I'm looking at it. I sit in two seats as a fan, completely bummed, completely bummed. Can't believe that this happened. You know, going, oh, geez, man, the Dodgers, this and that. But also understanding what goes into it, the, the randomness of it, the, the luck part of it, the, all those sorts of things. Um, you know, I can appreciate. Look, at there, there's nobody more disappointed than those guys getting dressed in the locker room. I mean, they put everything they have. Some of those guys, you know, some will never get another opportunity. Some will. And, and that's what you play your life. That's what you put everything into. And how do you think those guys feel? And it's not, you know, it's not like, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to pull one over on the fans or anything. It, it, everybody there is just, I, I guarantee it, nobody's sleeping. I guarantee it. And it's going to be a while before somebody puts their head down at night and, and gets, you know, they sleep all through the evening. And, and this is why El Compadre Caros is a real pro, because he just set us up for our next question. So yeah. go ahead there, Alonzo. Well, there's 10 free agents on this team. And as you were talking, the architect, uh, Andrew Friedman's got some tough decisions to make. Uh, I wanted to ask you, because obviously you, you've been on both sides of the coin as far as uh, uh, you know, player, fan, all that yep. stuff we were talking a second ago. Uh, who would you like to see come back out of those 10 free agents? And for those of you that don't know, Tyler Anderson, Joey Gallo, Andrew Heaney, Tommy Canely, who I, I hope I'm saying his name right. I've always been terrible with that. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, Craig Kimbrell, Chris Martin, Kevin Pillar, David Price, Trey Turner. Well, as, as a fan, look, I, I want them all back. And, and it's for me, um, you know, being around the organization, seeing what the guys go through, you're rooting for all these guys. And obviously it's not going to happen. Everybody's not going to be back. If Kirsch decides to play, he's got to be in a Dodger uniform for me, right? I, it's, you know, I, I, I saw Sandy at the, you know, game one Kofax and talked to him for a while. And, and I get the, the World Series and, and kind of the, the mystique, but Kirsch is one of the greatest pitchers to ever pitch. We're not talking about just a generation. We're not talking about in the last 50 years. We're talking about to ever throw a baseball. And if he decides to play, he's got to be in a Dodger uniform, no matter what, for me. As far as 
the team and the composition and who has the biggest impact and who is that first domino that will impact everything else. It's a shortstop position. Trey Turner. I, I mean, I, that goes without question. Um, you know, does does it work? I, I, I don't know. I mean, who knows what, what that, you know, what the the offers are going to be out there. Uh, I, I think Trey has indicated that he would like to come back. But the reality is, too, that he has an opportunity to, to, to put himself in a financial position that's crazy. And he's already won a World Series uh, with the Nationals, and he's earned this this position that he's in. And would I love for him to come back? A hundred percent. And do I think he's a huge piece and probably the, the one of the most important pieces as far as how everything falls into place? Without question. But we'll just have to see how how it goes. And the the other things are just, I mean, they they all have they all impact one another and that's it. Andrew's going to have a, a heck of a time trying to figure out what to do. Uh, you know, you've got the homegrown guy, you got JT, what he's meant to this organization, what he's done for this organization. You've got Cody, Cody who's homegrown. And, and all I will say to, to all of this is I remember a coach telling me uh, while I was playing with the Dodgers, our third base coach, Joey Malpitano, who had been, you know, look, he played with the New York Giants, hit with, you know, Willie Mays, all those sorts of things. But he used to say, he said, E.K., you're just borrowing the uniform. You're borrowing the uniform. The Dodgers are going to be here. And while you play here, you're going to think sometimes that, hey, look, at the, there's no way that this organization is going to go on without me. Oh, I'm so – and I'm not talking about me, but I'm talking about as a player here going through this. And the reality is the Dodger, the fans root for the Dodgers. And yes, you are going to have players that you're, you love and that you're going to become attached to and you're going to be set, but they, they move on and they're going to be replaced. And look, I, I know for me growing up, there were, you know, Steve Garvey's not going to be with the Dodgers. You're kidding. You know, no way. They let him walk. They let him go to the Padres. They let Oral Hershiser go. I was in spring training when they released Fernando Valenzuela. They traded Mike Piazza, right? So, you know, it, it, it's it's going to happen. It, it, that's just the nature of the, of the beast. No, and, and I mean, listen, Andrew Friedman is is great at his job, clearly, right? Because yeah. he's, he's had success here. And, and I will say this about Dodger fan, too. It's, I mean, the Yankees were a monster for however long, right? Even in the, in the early, early 2000s, late 90s. And, and they did the three-peat the whole bit. Right. Since then, there really hasn't been anyone that's done anything like that consecutively because the game has changed so much. Right. So so it, it's so difficult to not only predict, because the Yankees, if we're going to be totally honest, outside of your DJs and your A-Rods and, and guys like that, your Posadas, they didn't really have like a superstar roster, right? So it, it, this wasn't really a thing. It was kind of unpredictable. Oh. But now everything has changed so much as far as the business goes. You know, because now we're talking about potentially not, you know, people want Cody Bellinger to be non-tender. And I get it. I understand the vitriol to a certain degree, right? But at the same time, uh, you're talking about a guy that was just an MVP not too long ago either. So it's that that's kind of the, the weird dynamic of, of where we are now. Right. I, I guess the best example I would use, uh, and it happened with the Atlanta Braves, and we were the the benefactor of it. But the Atlanta Braves 
won a World Series and let arguably their best player walk. They did. They let him walk, right? They went out and made a trade for Matt Olson before, you know, and, and, and Freddie Freeman was just, hey, wait, wait, wait. Nobody told me, right? Yeah. And that was a World Series winning team with arguably their best player. And so that just goes to, I think that's just a representation of, of what the industry is like now. Um, you know, what can happen. I have this, this fall is going to be so interesting and there are going to be so many things. What I, what I would say is I will be, I would be shocked if things are status quo. That's what I would be shocked about. I, I wouldn't be. Now, if you told me that so-and-so is traded or so-and-so moves on or so I'm not going to be shocked, but I will be shocked as heck is if you tell me that this whole team, it, 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 the roster is going to look the same or very similar. No, and I agree. I mean, because again, the big one is Trey Turner. I, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of people that have also said, Hey, thanks Trey, you know, but maybe they should make a run at Dansby Swanson. Not a bad option either, you know, but, but to your point, Trey Turner has earned this position that he's in 100%. And for those people, and you know, there's going to be people that are like, "Oh, he's chasing the money. He's he's got a ring. He's earned it. He's earned to be in this position. So why not go to market?" Well, and this is what I would say. It's you know, I'd be if anybody was in that position. The you know, most people, hey, you have an opportunity to go make X amount of dollars, or you can play for less somewhere else. I mean, how many people are raising their hands saying, I'm going to take the lesser amount and I'm going to go play? I, I mean, you know, yeah, yes, in, in some situations. But like I said, somebody is going to to make an offer that, look at, he again, he's, he's earned it. And we've seen what some of the other shortstops have made over the past few years. We watched, we watched Corey Seager, who, you know, born and bred, you know, Dodger through and through had an opportunity to, to make over 300 million somewhere else. So I don't know, do you take that or do you stay for, you know, uh, a lot less because that's where you grew up. I, everybody's got their own decision. hundred percent. And, and as we wrap this up, uh, Manny Machado is another name that comes to mind. Dodgers loved him. He loved being here. Uh, but the San Diego Padres offered him a, a boatload of money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, where's mean, that ship? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I'd be asking where can I anchor? Because I mean, I'd anchor right, too. You know right, what I mean? Right. And you're not in a bad place in San Diego. And I mean, clearly Baltimore wasn't going to offer him that deal. That's why they offloaded him. But right. uh, but you know, it, it it that's the business nowadays, right? So so at you know at the end of the day, it's a business. And I and, and to your point, I I am a thousand percent. I would be a thousand percent shocked if the status quo remained uh, uh, this off season. Eric Carroll's. Uh, uh, real quick before we ahead. let you go, Eric, I just want to get two in real quick. Yeah, uh, there were reports that Bellinger was upset that he didn't play in Game Three and in Game Four. Mm-hmm. Your experience as a player, mm-hmm. can you overcome that going into the next season? Can you put that behind you, or are you going to carry that over? That in the team's biggest moments, they basically told you we're going to go with somebody else. I, it, it can work twofold. It can you can be bitter about it, right? Or you can use that as something to motivate you. So it, it, it goes two ways. And look, at 
Cody, what Cody's done for this organization and, you know, how he's performed, especially initially, it, it, it again, he, he was an MVP. Um, you know, what's gone on the last few years? Has he played hurt? Has he played injured? Has he? Yes, there, there's no doubt about it. And I, I think I, I read something the other day, Jerry Hairston, uh, who does stuff uh, on, the, on the pre and post, and he had made a comment that, it's not maybe it's just better if there is a change of environment and that's not to say that it is you know for the long term of cody's career maybe maybe it is i don't know or maybe it's better to be back here but this there's a lot of there's a lot of good and there's a lot of frustration here in la and and only cody knows what's best for him Right. We can all sit out and say, well, this is what you should do and this is what you could do and this is what you might. This is what I would do. It's all irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It's Cody's got to figure out what works best for him. You know, they'll talk and, and, and they'll figure it out. But it is, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of history, both good and frustrating. And, you know, that's something that only only the player can figure that out. Uh, last one for me before we let you go. You threw out the opening pitch in the only game the Dodgers won this postseason. How scared were you throwing that pitch next to Steve Sachs? I was locked in with Sachs because he was right next to me. Right? If Sachs, he would have been throwing it to me. Then, you know, <laughs> then we would have had a discussion about it. Sachs, he was great. You know, I couldn't believe that. At 62 years old, and that dude is jacked. I mean, we were talking about it and everything. But, no, it was great. That, And, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because – Saxy and I went out. We threw the first pitch, and we did our job. I know. I, I hope I'm coming back to LA next year. <laughs> how did how did that come about, Eric? Did they did you know there was already a plan because they wanted to tie the two rookie year uh, rookies of the year ten years apart? Or they is... they had brought it to our attention where okay. they we were interested in, in doing it, and the the, the tie in for game one, uh, you know, was going to be the, the the rookie of the year deal, and. So, so what they normally do is they, they plan, you know, and I've done this in years past. I've done it in playoffs. I've done it where what they do is they try to figure out, okay, for this game, this person, this game. And look at the reality is that there was more that they were, you know, there was going to be more than two games, right? Yeah, of, of yeah. throwing pitches. That was, <laughs> that was the plan, right? Exactly. It, it kind of went, kind of went sideways a little bit. Yeah. There you go, Alonzo. Uh, UCLA Bruin apologist and ironically economics degree holder uh, Eric Karos, uh stopping by to uh, to chop it up with us. As always, Eric, we appreciate the time, EK, and uh, and and hopefully we can do this again here in the off season. Yeah, I look forward to uh, talking to you guys. Have a great off season, and uh, it'll be interesting <laughs> to say to say the least. I, I it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting one. Yes, sir. Thanks again, Eric. All right, be well, guys. Big thanks again to Eric Karos for stopping by. Uh, Juanito, he he made a, he emphasized a point that I agree with, and I, I think you agree with too. Is this is going to be a very interesting offseason for the Los Angeles Dodgers? Yeah, I you know I've mentioned it in, on other episodes where I just I had not seen uh, Andrew Friedman take this much heat, in, even in previous seasons that have ended in the in the same fashion. Uh, I knew Roberts was going to take it. I, I knew he was going to get heat for this, but 
This is the first time I saw uh, Friedman or heard Friedman taking a that saying, you know, maybe it's a roster construction thing. Uh, we've had writers uh, put that Plashke's written articles about it. Dylan Hernandez has written articles about it. But Babyface, you were at the press, that press conference that Andrew Friedman uh, held. I, I know you, a couple of things here, Babyface. I know you wondered why Roberts wasn't made uh, available to the public. And I think that post-game after they got eliminated was Roberts going out there and, and taking the bullets. But it, we had reports. We had, you know, friend of the carne asada, Jorge Castillo, put it out on Twitter that he felt Friedman was very defensive when they asked him the question about who makes the pitching decisions. Is it coming from Roberts or is it coming from Friedman? Is it a combination of both? Did you, how was it being in that room with Friedman? Was it tense? Did you feel that same defensiveness that uh, Castillo was referring to? Yeah, I mean, as it started, um, you had all the Dodgers guys. Kasten came out, Rosen came out, um, and then Friedman and Gomes came out. And then you had the PR people in there. But it just felt tense. Like, that, like you'd look at everybody, like the Dodger execs, like, you know, their demeanor was just like – they were upset. It looked like they were upset. You know, they, they didn't have, you know, smiling faces. And, you know, so it, it, it kind of felt like a tense situation already to begin with. And then when when Castillo asked that question, you, you could just see, you know, Friedman kind of just kind of get up. He's all like, you know, he's like, what what narrative? He's all, what, what do you, what narrative? I've answered this every single season. Every single season, I've answered the same question. It's, you know, he's all, is it Roberts that makes it a city? He's like, 100%. 100% he, he so he, he you know he's like he, he's like if anything ever changes I'll make sure to tell you guys just you know but you did notice that he he was upset that he gets gets questioned if it is the decision coming from the higher ups or is it Roberts 100% and he and he says Roberts 100% I mean if that's what he says but right, you don't, you don't believe, believe him do you, you a, a lot of people a lot of people don't believe that so so let me ask you this do you think that was really just frustration because he repeatedly has to answer that question or is if he's pissed off because in a sense he's being held accountable because I feel what Castillo was asking him is you can't put this on Dave if this is your guys's system right. this is the system you guys have been running for 10 years now and nine out of the 10 years it hasn't worked so what are you going to do? Because you obviously believe in the system. The system gets you to the playoffs. But when it comes to the playoffs, it doesn't seem like that system works. Alonzo, what, what do you think? Am I reading too much into that? No, I, I, again, I, I understand why Jorge asked that question. And I feel like it's a fair question if I'm being completely honest with you. Because like you were saying, you know, this is the system. This is the system that's been in place for a decade. It's produced a championship. It's produced, you know... Regular season success, but for whatever reason in the postseason, you know it hasn't been it hasn't been produced producing what the results right. So, so I think kind of piggyback piggybacking on one thing that Caro said, and obviously that's how I started the live when when we when we did the live. Uh, the what feels like two weeks ago now it was like a week ago. Um, sometimes you just get your ass kicked, right? Yeah. And and I feel like this is kind of that classic example of you got punched in the mouth and now. You know, you, you got to answer for why you got punched in the mouth. And sometimes you're not going to like, I guess, the questioning that comes in line with that. And, and I think Friedman, you know, 
all things considered, I think that's why Friedman was so defensive. But I don't feel like it's an out-of-pocket question because of what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if, if you know, there was a lot of expectations on this team. You know, Dave Roberts himself put those expectations on the team as well. And and like you said, it's it's being held accountable for those expectations and not meeting the moment. So I feel like it was warranted. But uh, but I a part of me, kind of going back to what you asked, Babyface, that he doesn't believe him. A part of me wants to believe that Friedman isn't issuing that level of a game plan. But the other part of me, just because knowing, I mean, how many people have we talked to that that yeah. talk about the you know the the input. Uh, you know the the day to day input of, of a front office now in comparison to as an example when EK played. So yeah. so it's it's this is going to be a very interesting off season. And and to your point too, Juanito, the fans are pissed yeah. and, and rightfully so. And and I and you hit the nail right on the head where you predicted that this one would be a tough one where it would take a while for the fans to get over. But the vitriol was going to linger, and, and I feel like to a certain degree it is warranted because of the expectations that were set forth. And another another thing, too, with, with him saying that it's Roberts only and only Roberts. Now, this, I've seen a lot of this now. Like, a lot of people saying, okay, so it's only Roberts. And that makes him a worse manager than people would think, right? If Roberts making all these decisions and he doesn't know, he, he ha- they're saying he has no feel for the game. You know, he should, you know if, he, if he's the one that's pulling Anderson, like, he should see what's going out there. You know, t- like I said, I've always thought – it's a script, right? Fifth inning, okay. Next yeah. sixth inning, we got to go with this guy, right? So, what's going on? Like, is Roberts not feeling, not seeing what we're seeing? What's going on with the game? Like, so that opens up a lot of questions there. Like, what's really going on, right? Well, and and, and the one thing I'll say before I kick it over to you, Juan, I feel like it's a lot of that Spider-Man meme. <laughs> yeah. We're all we're all doing this right now, right? Yeah. And and I feel like. That that has me a little worried in the sense that no one wants to be accountable, right? And no one likes it. No one likes getting their ass kicked. No one does. I don't know anyone that absolutely likes losing, right? And and when you set expectations and then you run here, you know, for me that that's the worrisome part where there's, you know, where where now there's there's that issue, right? There's that contention, for lack of a better term. And and I feel like I mean, knowing what we know about this organization, um. I feel like this is a great opportunity for them to rebound and to show that that's not a thing, right? But right now, where we're currently at is is there, there's some there's some flack for what's happened, and here we are. Well, you know, er, uh, Carol's brought up like, do you want to be like the Red Sox, where you win the World Series and then the next year you just you're horrible, you tear it down, you're a last place team. Yeah. Many times I've had friends ask me, even you know, when this this run, when we were in year five of this run, year six of this run, and we hadn't won any a World Series, we didn't have anything to show for it. I constantly was asked, well, wouldn't you rather be in contention every year, or would you rather be win a World Series and then be like the Marlins, where you suck for ten years? Yeah. I I, I got to tell you, being on the end of being in contention every year is great, but. Losing in the postseason every year fucking sucks. You know, I don't want to feel this disappointment. I almost feel like I look at the the fans of the show pods, the Phillies fans. They appreciate it so much. They're enjoying it because this isn't a yearly thing for them. This doesn't happen every year. So for them, it's genuine excitement because it's like we might actually win. For us Dodger fans, 
because now it's year 10 and the frustration is continuing to just pile itself on top of each other. It's like it's the existential dread that we're expecting now. When are they going to blow it? Are they going to blow it in the NLDS? Are they going to blow it in the NLCS? Are they going to blow it in the World Series? So I, I, I don't know. It just feels like there's an inevitable letdown. And I think that's where the anger is coming with the Dodger fans. I think that's what they're frustrated about. I think they see everything that Babyface is saying. They see where it's like, why didn't you let Anderson keep pitching? Why didn't you let Anderson just go until the wheels came off? Yeah. Why didn't you at least be like, okay, they're getting to Anderson now. We got to get him out. It leaves yourself to the what if, right? Because it's like they hadn't scored against Anderson. So now we'll never know. You know, maybe Anderson would have run out of gas, but we don't know. So I I understand the Dodger fans' frustration because every year they come out, they support this team. And isn't this what we wanted all along? We talk about the high standards, especially from East Coast teams, right? Yankee fan and Red Sox fans. They're, they're so demanding that the East Coast media is so tough. Isn't that what we wanted on the West Coast? We wanted to hold these players accountable because we want a championship every year. And now that we're acting like that, where we're being tough on the Dodgers, everybody's being like, hey, back off, man. You guys are being too hard on them. You should appreciate the fact that they're winning. And it's like, we got nothing to fucking show for it. We got one World Series ring that I think is a valid World Series championship, but everyone throws in our face and says 60 games Mickey Mouse World Series. Well, let me ask you this, because you guys have a different perspective on the fandom than I do, and and I'm I'm I respect it. Um, the Dodgers have been really good for a decade, right? Yeah. To a point that he came a there hasn't been a National League World Series repeater since seventy five, seventy six. That's a long fucking time. Yes, it is. Um, the, you know, there's been some really good teams in the NL since then. The Dodgers, obviously. The Phillies, uh, another team that was really good. The Cardinals, another organization that was really good. The Braves, for 13 years, were really good. So I want to ask you guys this. Given everything that's happened, how, how when, when, you, when you see, like, the show pods, you know, doing the shit that they're doing, which I think is, by the way, it's hilarious, the, like, the, the mixtape rap video things that they're doing. Oh, and- gosh. <laughs> But and this is why I'm asking that. So when you see that, and then you know, obviously it's ultimately the demise of the Dodgers, that's kind of motivating these folks to kind of come out of the woodwork. And then you see now that I don't want to say turmoil. Turmoil is not the right word, but just the 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 kind of the the downfall, if you will, of the regular season, killing it, going to now. How does that make you guys kind of react to all of this other stuff on the outside? And then on top of that, there's still hey, you guys are still a really good team. What are you crying about? Go ahead, babyface. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the expectation the Dodger fans right is like is like I don't know. There's no. There's how am I trying to word it? It's like it's unrealistic, right? The expectation of the Dodger fans, like, right? You can't lose a game, right? You have to go. You have to win the entire season without losing the game, right? A pitcher can't give up runs. A reliever can't give up runs. A hitter's got to go out and hit bombs every time, right? That's the expectation of the Dodger fans, right? Like, you can't lose, and so. Like you mentioned, like, hey, Mar- a Marlins fan or, or Kansas City, what do you think if you told me, hey, your franchise is going to be in the playoffs 10 years in a row? You're not going to win it every year, right? You're going to get one. What do you think they're going to say? They're I'll take ex- it. I'll yeah, take they're going to be ecstatic, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, we, we, hey, we got, a, we got a World Series title 
uh, you know, two years ago, right? That's that's good, right? But yeah, like we've we've come now, like oh man, we've been in the ten, we've been we've been in the playoffs ten years in a row. We should at least have four titles, right? Five titles, you know. Some Dodger fans ten titles, right? We should have won yeah. it every single year, right? So that's that's the expectation that it's 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 too high because we're we're in Los Angeles, right? The expectation is you got to win. You're in LA, you got to win, and I think that's that's another part of it too. Like oh no, this guy can't do it. Roberts can't do it. Get him out of there, right? But it's like again, like. Who else is going to do this? Was Mattingly going to do this? No, like no. right, <laughs> right. We, we would have the same result with Mattingly. We'd we'd lose we'd lose a a best out of five series in two games if Mattingly was our manager. And that's so, mainly because Mattingly's in one spy club. <laughs> so so that's so that's the thing. It's like just uh, I I get the frustration. You know, I'm frustrated too. Like I want to see them everywhere. I guess just. The way this season, like this specific season went, it's like 111 wins, best team in baseball, right? Best, best everything, best run differential, most run score. Like you knew this team, this team should be in the World Series, right? Automatically, they should have been in the World Series. And to see them lose and bow out in four games and only win one game in the NLDS, that's the frustrating part. I think that's, like you said, that's what got fans over the edge, just like, how like how does that happen like you just don't understand how does that happen to this team specifically like okay if it was you know the 16 team okay whatever right 17 team kind of felt a lot like this as well right and they yeah. they were a team that just ran through everybody and then we know what happened in 17 18 so, 18 team was not as strong but you you knew the Red Sox were just yeah. A much stronger team going into yeah. that into that World Series. So this, like I said, you can compare this team to the seventeen team. It's just like this team just was so good, and and you know it didn't it didn't pan out. So Juan, this clearly is in comparison to the nineteen team, and and we've talked about that a bunch. Uh, so same question to you. What 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 say you? I I think for me, what really just irks me is. The San Francisco Giants, you would say this with probably a lesser roster, won three in yeah. six years, yeah. right? And that's that's the thing that you're measuring yourself about uh, against, right? The the Yankees, of all the list of teams that had won over a hundred games, the majority of them never won the World Series. When you the the teams that have won the most games in a regular season. The Mariners, the Cubs, uh, the, those Pittsburgh Pirates teams, all those teams that won over 100 games, they never won. The only team to do it was the Yankees. So that's the other thing I think that's really frustrating is that the teams that can do it are teams that are technically our rivals. The the hated ones, the, the Gigantes winning three in six years, the Yankees always you know setting the standard and always winning World Series. It just... For me, it's just one of those things where you, you you invest so much. And as a fan, we have no say. As much as we'd like to think we have a say, if I wear my lucky jersey, if I sit in a corner, if I watch the game on this, from this angle or stuff like that. But the bottom line is, is we have nothing to do with this. So we're strictly dependent on the team to do it for us. And when they don't, I mean, the frustration just comes through where it's just like, well, what are we going to do? Like Mookie, you know, we have him for 12 years. Everyone here is going to say Mookie's a great player. Mookie didn't have a good postseason. Mookie, in a sense, you could say was probably pretty streaky this year. 
Yeah. He went on tears to put up the bulk of his numbers. But Babyface has said, has said this in previous episodes. Normally, Mookie's a 300 hitter. What did he end up hitting, Babyface? Like in the 260s? High 260s? Like, like low 270s? Like two, I think it was like 260. Exactly so, I, I mean, the thing is, he's human. But no one's going to sit there and get, get rid of Mookie. Yeah. No. But what I find really interesting, and EK brought it up here, and I see this a lot from a lot of fans, it's a foregone conclusion that Bellinger's gone. I did not know that Jerry Harrison said what he said about Cody in terms of a change of scenery might benefit him. And you know what's going to happen, right? He's going to go to the Diamondbacks. And, I mean, we've said this before. He's going to go back to looking more like the old Cody Bellinger. And maybe that's what it is. He doesn't have the pressure anymore of being a main guy, you would think getting dropped in the lineup to to the nine spot, hitting at the low part of the lineup would have done that to you. But I, I just the the fans are frustrated because every year it's the same thing. I, I look at this point. I think if they would have won two championships out of this, it would have been a, considered a successful reign. That's why I'm very curious to see what the Astros do. Because if the Astros get to the World Series and they lose again, the Astros have the same amount of World Series wins during the same run as the Dodgers. So I'm curious to see what Houston fan thinks of their team because not only do they have to deal with the cheating scandal, but it's like, hey, you guys only have one World Series to show for it, and you guys cheated. It's true. Uh, Mookie Betts uh, hit 269 this year. So, so you know, sub. I mean, last year he hit 264, but he was also injured. He was often injured yeah. last year, so that's that's a big difference. I, I do agree with Jerry Hairston that I think, and I said it in our last episode, I think a change of scenery would be beneficial for Cody. I know that's going to piss people off because you know it's oh well, we're, you know because if he goes somewhere else and he kills it, you know it's oh well, where the hell was this in L.A.? It's like yeah. you know what yeah. the situation. This, you know, in the immortal words of Tom Hallion, that's what the situation warrants sometimes, right? Yeah. You know, he, you know, sometimes a change of scenery is necessary, and 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 that's a part of growth. You know, he's, you know, at the end of the day, he has he, his defense is borderline elite. I know that's going to piss some people off, but it is, and you can fight me on that. His defense is borderline elite, it, for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because he's still worried about the shoulder or, you know, whatever is happening in L.A. is just not working for him. Can't figure it out with the bat. Nothing wrong with that, but sometimes a change of scenery and change of methodology is what you need. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I also am still convinced that Trey Turner is not coming back. I'm, I just don't think because of the dollars and the years that are, that are being thrown out there. And, I mean, again, let's also be honest. Crazier things have happened. Uh, you know, the Dodgers may say, hey, we'll give you eight years, you know, 200 you know uh, and, and he might take it but if it's true you know the rumblings are the 10 year 300 350 range i just don't see the dodgers doing it if i'm completely honest with you and you know hey if that's the case happy trails trade turner but i mean you also cannot fault a guy for being able to economically change his entire outlook generationally with that sort of money you just can't like for those people that are still pissed at Manny Machado, would you turn down three hundred million dollars? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. Uh Roger, I was curious what you thought of uh, of Eric's uh, take on that. Real real quick, so on Bellinger, like in recent years I remember when, when people would, would bring up oh you should trade him or whatever, this that there was an outreach. Like people were pissed, like, No, yeah. you can't trade Bellinger, you can't do this. Now it's like, yeah, you know what? 
Let him go. It's it's yeah, time time for him to leave. He's, yeah. you know, it, it, he he's done his thing. It, it's time for him to move on. So that's that's kind of changed. And um, congratulations though. He is gonna have another baby. He is. So we know we know he's not missing there. You know, <laughs> wow. We, we, we know wow. he he gets his hits. So congratulations. Clay, for to listening Sally. to this, I didn't know that was coming. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So 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 yeah. I mean, just Ek wrapped it. You know. Ek gives us the truth all the time, you know. So he you know, he lays it down, and he, and one of the biggest takeaways, like I said, is just is that yeah, we, we're gonna need a turnover. I think you know yeah. this this run, this the core group, you know, kind of started falling off with with Seager and Jock and Kike. Now we're gonna see more guys, you know, maybe JT, Cody, kind of get some new new guys in there, you know, get a, a kind of a new a new start and kind of see see where it goes. From now, it's not a given now. Like you can't just say like. Oh, next year they're going to win the NL West again, right? Right. You yeah. don't know that right now because now the Padres now they've showed now they started playing a little you know better as a, as a unit and going into next year and, and depending how far they go this year, which you know probably just be the NLCS, but you know when they, <laughs> when when they get you know get going next year, you know they're going to be a, a team to contend with and you know so it's not a given that the Dodgers are going to continue this this run of you know division titles. Here's an argument I had with someone, Juan, and, and you're the voice of reason for this, so I, I want to hear it. I told someone that it would be beneficial for the Padres to win the World Series for the Dodgers because then it would legitimize them going out the way that they did, and it just shows that they're for real. Am I crazy thinking that? No, no. I mean, at that point, it's like, look, you lost to the hottest team. You yeah. know, I mean, either way, I told you guys what my biggest fear was is that they get to the World Series and they lose to the Astros. Right. Because then we just need to shut up at that point because they beat us. Okay, they cheated. But we still probably should have beat him in that 2017. If Kenley doesn't give up that home run in the ninth in game two, the Dodgers could have won the World Series. So the caveat is they knew what was coming. Well, Well, but it was at Dodger Stadium when he gave up that home run. It, Again, it wasn't at Houston. But still, they knew it was coming. So, I, I mean, for me, look, if you lose to the champion, that's why 2019, 2019 still sucked. But, hey, you lost to the team that ended up winning it all. So, it's like yeah. you just chalk it up to, look, we just, my thing, and, and Friedman said it himself in that press conference, which surprised me, is when he said it's hard to figure out why we're not the hottest team when it comes to, to to the playoffs. I, I mean, it's almost like the Dodgers are victims of their own success, right? In the sense of, well, you guys clinched too early. Well, would you rather we play crappy and fight until the end and maybe risk not winning the division? Which like, worked I, out great for the Padres. Yeah, which is one of the things that uh, Karos mentioned it. I, I, I think fans just have a hard time wrapping our heads around this because it's 10 years that we're going through this and we just don't want to go through it anymore. But baseball seems very random. I mean, who on their bingo card had the five in the six team, the five in the six in the NLCS? Meanwhile, in the American League, you have the one in the two in the ALCS. So sometimes there's just no explanations. Does it get any easier? No. I mean, what? We're a week away now from when they got eliminated. And it's like, look, it just, it, it, it sucks. It's never going to get easier. What it does do now is what Babyface had said before. Next regular season, I don't care what they do. They could win 112 games. They could win 116, 120. I'm still going to expect them to lose. 
because that's what happens in baseball. Until you guys prove me wrong and are holding up the trophy, I will be glad to be proven wrong if that's the case. But it's just baseball is so random and it doesn't make any sense that a team can be this good and then all of a sudden they just can't execute anymore. There, there was a thing that, that was mentioned in the in the press conference. Um, Friedman talking about, like, and people talking about, like, it, this Dodgers team is built for, like, the season, right, but not for the yeah. postseason. Like, are they really not built for the postseason, though, when you got guys like Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, when you have all those guys on your team, right, you would think this is a postseason team, right, That that's going to do something in the postseason. So, it's the injuries. Uh, yeah, I mean, injuries or, or just those guys didn't deliver. And, well, I, I mean, mean, but that's being said, babyface, even with the injuries, their pitching still held up. The 100%. pitching wasn't the problem. No. It, it was the hitting, and there wasn't any injuries to the hitting. Yeah, I mean, I it still was just think, underperformance. I still think the pitching, though, that's kind of where they got them. I think they still need those like, uh, like three, three to four like elite arms. You know, kind of like you saw with the Padres. You know, that what did I tell you that every championship team needs? What have I told you, one? Well, yeah. I mean, right. and, and even and even like like Anderson. Anderson was great this year, but he, you don't consider him an elite arm, right? But he pitched like one. He, he left the game with a shutout. Yep. But yeah. he was not given the opportunity. If he could give you one more inning, and you have to do use the bullpen for two innings or three innings in that game, I mean, don't you like your chances? Well, but the fact that you had to use the bullpen to so cover early. four innings, well, yeah. In yeah, every mean, game? And that was the thing. Yeah, in every game. So, you know, Julio went five. Kershaw went five, right? They weren't the greatest start, but they were fine. They were decent starts, right? Same thing with, with Tyler, right? Five innings. All those guys went five. None none of those guys went six, seven innings. So if, if, if those guys go seven innings, this might be a different series, right? Well, but uh, yes. But that game, that game three was a two-to-one ball game. Exactly. If yeah. the Dodgers find a way to score one run, a, another run, they win that game. You have game five with Julio going, which I, I think everyone would have taken their chances 100%. because it would have been Darvish on short rest or you're going to throw Clevenger out there again. It was about getting to that game five, and that's the problem is they couldn't get there. And in the end, I, I think – it was the offense that just let them down, and it was underperformance, and you can't factor. I, I do feel bad for Friedman in that sense, where the guy put an all-star game, an all-star team together, yeah. and now it's like, hey, dude, you failed. And it's just like, how did I fail? I mean, yeah. you, can't, you can't factor in injury, right? They lost right. Bueller. Now, that's assuming, we're assuming that the injury to Bueller is the reason why he didn't pitch well this year. What if Bueller was healthy and he just wasn't the Bueller that we had seen before? It's the randomness of baseball. It's just these guys just got hot at the right time. Like, yes, like, I mean, the game game two of the NLCS, I thought the Phillies were going to win for sure. Yep. And then the show pods come back and win. Yeah. But, I mean, even in that, I, I'll, I'll, they had the three horses, right? They had Kershaw. They had, well, I'm sorry. Urias, Kershaw, T.A. The game that the, that we're we're missing there is 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 game three, right? When yeah. you had the tandem of of Gonsolin and Heaney, and yeah. that you know that didn't pan out that great either. But at the end of the day, you're really not going to get six seven innings out of guys anymore. You're just not. That's not this era of baseball. 
that that era, unfortunately, even for a guy like me that enjoyed that era of baseball, it's gone. That ship has sailed. So yeah. now you have to adapt. So we, from saw there, that, we saw that from the Padres, and their pitchers weren't even as on as, say, some of the Musgrove went out. The but you know why that happened? Because the Dodgers' offense was not on. So if, if, you're, if you're being economical with your pitches, then there's no reason to pull a guy. But there's this not. isn't just the, the Dodgers. Wheeler was dominating the show pods in game yeah. one. Yeah. And they pulled them. Yeah. Like, he only well, had 80 pitches, and he was in the eighth inning. And it, uh, they uh, he went seven. He had 80 pitches. They're not touching him. Why would you risk it and bring in a reliever who could blow it up? Like, why wouldn't you ride that until the wheels came off? Because I suspect the script said otherwise. Yeah. So it's, you know, that that's what it comes down to, right? Is That's that's why that era of, of you know, kind of, you know, Nolan Ryan, you know, red ass baseball is no mas because they're that's that's what it comes down to is, you know, the data shows the you know, now there's teams that are concerned about their starter seeing the lineup three times because X, Y and Z factors. Right. That and I don't know if that's what the Dodgers do. I don't I, I honestly don't. I, I've never seen their their game reports. And, and, and granted, that's why Jorge Castillo asked that question. But. You're, that era of six, seven, eight inning, even complete games, it's gone, man. That's just not a thing anymore. And I still think that fucking seventh inning was just oh, fucking bad luck. Yeah. I mean, some one of the that shit where you just scratch your head going, how the hell? I mean, I don't think they hit the ball hard. No, no, no. In, no, no, in no. that inning, there might have been a one base hit or something like that, but it was the fucking walk, the leadoff walk. Walks always kill you. A bloop single, a chopper, yeah. balls going off of people's gloves. You know, Eric Carroll said it, you know. All it takes is one poor defensive play, but it's and, and it changes everything. Yeah. I mean, earlier in the series, Turner makes an error that led to a run in that series. I mean, the Dodgers ended up losing by two anyways in that. But yeah, No, but sometimes you just chop it up to, like, like even Eric Carroll has said, and we've talked about it. You get up, you get the right momentum, the right amount of it in a bottle, and it just it carries on, right? And mm -hmm. then sometimes stuff just goes doesn't go your way. That's just that's the way that it goes. I mean, and let's not forget too. Ek knows he played on a couple really good teams, really good teams. Yeah, and he, and, he, and they some one of them didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah, so. and and again, it, it just you just got to chop it up to sometimes you just you got outplayed, man, and 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 it sucks. It is what it is. But now looking ahead. You know, they, they got those changes to make. I, I do want to ask you guys, do, do the both of you think that Cody is gone? I do. I really don't know, man. I, I, I really don't know because my mind is telling me he's not worth $17 million. Yeah. The, the, only, the only way is somehow if they tell him, you know what, Cody, we're not going to tender you, but we'll offer you maybe like a two-year deal at, you know, obviously lower money. Something like that, but you know, I don't. Yeah, think, I don't. I, think, mean, I don't. I don't think he would take that. You know, after they non-tender him, he's probably going to be like, "I'm, I'm gone." You think there's another team out there that would pay him seventeen million a year? I mean, probably. he's not going to. He, he's not. I don't think he's going to get that. But yeah. there's a team that will take him. Well, I, I definitely think there's a team that that will take him. I, yeah. I just, uh, for me, and and this is why I asked Eric that. I, I know the reports that he was upset, and I feel any player that's not yeah. playing is going to be upset. I mean, we 100%. didn't hear from Joey Gallo. I'm sure Joey Gallo was pissed that he saw nothing in, in that series. It's like, why did you guys trade for me if you're not going to use me in, in the playoffs? So 
I just, you know, how do you come back the next season and act like nothing's wrong when in the biggest part of the season, and you're supposed to be a very important part of this team, the team basically tells you, no, bro, sit down. We're going to go some. We're going to go with someone else. Yeah. The the Ballinger thing reminds me of, you know what it reminds me of? Of the Russell, Mar- Russell Martin when he was non-tendered. Yeah. And he got picked up by the Yankees. Something similar like that. I think I, I went back and I, I listened to what Friedman said. And I'm not trying to read too much into his non-answer, but I feel like they want him back. And a lot of it is just because if we know anything about this Dodgers team is, is the versatility of guys and Cody, yeah. Cody's pretty versatile. Uh, when he's on, he's on when he's not, he's not right. Yeah. But, uh, but a, a part of me just thinks because of that, that that alone is, is why I think they'll bring him back. I do agree with Roger, you know, cause as, as of now, I think the 2023 estimate would be 18 million. So it wouldn't be 17 it'd be 18. Yeah. Uh, is he an $18 million a year player right now? No, not, not right now. But does he have the upside to be one? Absolutely. So that, that'll that be interesting. I, I wanted to ask you guys before we wrap this up about Justin Turner. So I know Justin Turner has the option. And and, and if I'm not mistaken, it's a team option. Uh, it's, yeah. it's it's one of those rare where it's not a player option. Uh, I I'm, I was trying. I, I believe that option is that I want to say it's like $15 million, something like that. 16 I believe. 16 uh, still, I mean, it's it's a pretty pretty chunk of change. Do you guys think that he they pick up that option? Because I'm still surprised they actually haven't picked it up. If I'm being completely honest with you, yeah, I, I'm. That's another one that I really don't know because I don't think you can ignore the eye test. He had a very poor postseason, and usually yeah. Turner is a very reliable uh, player in the postseason. He is getting older. You can't deny that. No. During the regular season, he DH'd a lot. Uh, he, they really were trying to save him through the postseason by not for the season, excuse me, by not having him play the field that much. So, but my other question is, is if they don't bring him back, does that mean you're going to see Muncie at third more times? Are they going to give Miguel Vargas a shot at third base? I mean, do they have a viable alternative at third base next year? Do they go to the free agent market? to try to get a third baseman. Look, you've said this many times, Alonzo. This offseason is going to be very volatile because the importance to me is Justin Turner in that clubhouse. You know, obviously, he's one of those guys, and Kershaw is one of those guys that kind of, in a sense, run that clubhouse. If you lose Turner in the clubhouse, what is that going to do to the team? We've seen this before, you know, earlier, back when Grady Little you know, was the Dodgers manager, the old guys versus the young guys. And that came out and it affected the team. For the most part with this team, it doesn't seem like there's chemistry issues. It seems even like the new guys that come to this Dodger team, they fall in line. They understand the culture. They they want the culture. Yeah. But that's because you've had guys like Kershaw and Turner who have been there so long to help establish this culture. If those guys are gone... Who's going to take the mantle? Who's going to be the guys that are going to be the ones saying, hey, this is how we do things? So that, to me, is an argument for bringing Turner back. But at the same time, I just don't think we can be blind to the fact that he just did not look good in, in the postseason. Well, and, and right now, looking before before we get Roger's answer, uh, the, the third baseman free agent class uh, is Nolan Arenado if he opts out. 
I don't think he's going to opt out. Yeah. Uh, JT club option, Joey Wendell, mutual option, Brandon Drury, Jace Peterson, Evan Longoria also has a club option. Uh, Donovan Solano, Matt Duffy, Charlie Culberson, um, Brock Holt, Phil Goslin, Travis Shaw, uh, Michael Franco. Uh, I mean, my general takeaway from all those guys, they're all on the wrong side of 30. Um, so, I mean, if, if we're talking youth movement, quote unquote, th- there's really not a viable option there but but what do you think uh, uh roger about jt by the way jt's uh 38 if i'm not mistaken he's 38 yeah uh that's a lot yeah that's a lot of money I, I don't i think they might you know decline it and then see if they can work something out again with jt um, i should add that he has a two million dollar buyout so i could see them oh. structuring something with that two million dollar buyout yes that that'd be because you know, we we know what JT means to the team, to LA, right? We know, and that's that's the biggest part of JT, I think. That yeah. that that, and and I don't think they want to see that go and walk away. And it, it's it'd be hard to see JT going to play with anybody else, right, for another 100%. year or whatever. 100%. So I think they're gonna decline, and then they're they're gonna again, like they did a couple of years ago, try and work something out with him. You know, maybe it's for another year with another option. You know just you know just to have something there um but yeah that's kind of i don't expect him to necessarily leave but like i said i think they'll they'll try and work something out no and, and i agree with you if if i if that would kind of like what caro said about kershaw you know only being in a dodger uniform um i, I think jt has, has earned that status as well yeah. that he should only be in a, in a dodger uniform um but it, but i mean i'll say this too about him he handled the role of less than in the sense of like playing time very well. He handled yeah. it great. Uh, you know, even when we talked to him, you know, he seemed to be in great spirits. He understood kind of the, the task at hand. And, uh, and for me, that, that gives me a glimmer of hope that I think that they would work it out because I agree. It's, that's a big, that's a big chunk of change for a, for a 38 year old guy, a 38 year old guy, excuse me, whose, whose productivity is going down quite a bit. Um, it's going to be an interesting offseason. I really am interested to see kind of how how all the dominoes fall because the, the last domino, I think, honestly, is going to be Clean Kershaw. And and he's earned that also as far as that goes because to EK's point, not just the best Dodgers pitcher ever, not just, you know, of this generation, arguably ever. And and for sure left-handers, like even, no disrespect to Sandy, I think Clean Kershaw is the best left-hander to ever throw a ball. Um, that's going to be an interesting one as far as that plays out too. But we'll see. the 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 off season obviously hasn't started yet. Uh, so if you if you like Juan still want to bet on other sports, uh, you can you can use uh, our promo code at BetOnline.ag, uh, which is believe B L E A V. And uh, when you join up over there on BetOnline, uh, you'll receive a one hundred percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. So please make sure that use to use our promo code believe B L E A V to receive your rewards. Uh, for Eric Keros and for myself, Babyface Kimmick in the Sky Roger, uh, Juanito, the Prince of Darkness, and uh, and Alicia, who's I don't know where she's filming something. We got we got big league today. That's yeah. just that's just let's just let's just call a spade a spade. We got big league today, but it's okay. It's the off season, so it works out. Uh, this is the Bleed Loss Podcast, and uh, we will catch you guys on the next one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.